0: Right, I see your PowerPoint slides. You see, like, um, see, like, but you don't see anything else on my screen, just my PowerPoint, right? Like, see, like, 20 slides or something? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna start there. Okay, I'm live, right? Yes. Okay, bye. All right, I was just checking with Lily, make sure we're in the right spot, and um, welcome everybody to Facebook Live. I'm glad everybody's here. Um, Just a uh, couple check-in notes. Uh, We did a survey the other week looking, uh, or Lily did a survey looking at what people are interested in from our social media standpoint, and a lot of you responded, so I want to thank everybody who responded. I know it takes time, um, but if we don't know what people want, it's hard for us to do better. So uh, we do appreciate that. And there's a whole bunch of new stuff. We are working uh, on a whole bunch of ways of improving the performance of the website, CTSS, as well as some of our social media stuff. So I think a lot of things are going on. You may not see them right away, or you may not notice them, but um, it's kind of in the background. So I think that's pretty exciting. So today I was going to speak about parenchymal liver disease. And here's just a series of some slides. There's a, there's several lectures that are uh, extensive on uh, parenchymal liver disease in the on Us. so you can go to our app on the App Store with well our lectures. You can go to the lecture series and look for that. Um, so there's many different ways you can find that information. So that should be good. Now, I think um, when you talk about parenchymal liver disease, we talk about CT, we talk about MR. CT probably is more commonly used, at least in the sense surely of the initial evaluation. Often you'll pick up parenchymal disease where it's not known to be present. So in many ways, parenchymal liver disease becomes very, very important uh, uh, in terms of being able to recognize it. If you're looking at the liver and you want to do uh, anything with uh, liver disease, a technique becomes very, very critical. So what you want to be able to do, of course, is be able to use uh, a range of protocols, but the key thing to me would be that um, arterial and venous phase imaging. You need dual phase imaging. Now, we used to, way back when, do a lot of non-contrast parenchymal liver disease. There was always the thought that you could miss a hepatoma. You might want to look at the liver density, but truthfully, that really isn't um, an issue too much Uh, And no one is doing non-contrast, okay? So that's pretty much the bottom line. The only time I'll do non-contrast, perhaps, is patients who've had taste procedures. So we'll do it in that regard. But otherwise, we're um, really not doing it. Now, we'll do arterial phase imaging. You want to inject about uh, 100 cc's of contrast, 4 to 5 cc's a second, arterial at about um, 30 seconds, and venous at about 70 to 80 seconds. Occasionally we will get delayed scans, but that's the uh, that's uncommon. So that's not really the rule. Um, so in that sense, we're not going to really worry about that. Now when you're looking at the liver, there's a number of things you want to really be carefully looking at, right? So we want to look at things uh, literally that range from um, what's the size of the liver, what's the individual shapes of the various components of the liver. Um, What's the liver enhancement looking like? Those are all things we're commonly going to uh, be looking at and look at those very, very carefully, okay? So that becomes a very important uh, thing. We look at the density of the liver, so often we'll compare the density of the liver to the spleen. The spleen typically doesn't change density, and that's sort of one of the classic rules where you compare it to muscle. So one of the most common liver diseases, focal fatty infiltration or just fatty infiltration of the liver. Most commonly, it's dietary, but can be due to a range of things, from chemotherapy uh, to malnutrition to alcohol abuse. There's a whole range of causes of fatty infiltration of the liver. Uh, Hepatic steatosis, or fatty infiltration of the liver, is very common because um, uh, of just the general state of, of health of people. Now, what's important to remember is that the biggest risk factor for fatty liver and for uh, patients undergoing a more severe disease in the liver, including going on to end-stage liver disease, would be obesity. That's the biggest problem. Now, fatty infiltration of the liver, as I mentioned often it's just an incidental finding. And then what you'd want to be able to look at from the clinical perspective is, is there a specific cause, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, hepatitis, what's the patient's uh, history, is the patient on chemotherapy, the patient on hyperalimentation, patient with repeated episodes of pancreatitis, patients on steroids, patient on trauma. So again, it becomes a very important thing to really uh, think about Um, One of the things we look at is the the shape of the liver. The liver should be smooth, bordering against the abdominal wall. This increased distance, typically its underlying parenchymal liver disease is going to be one of the causes. You're going to look carefully. Obviously, if you look at the spectrum of liver disease, particularly as you get to patients with cirrhosis, then you're going to be concerned, oh, if a patient has cirrhosis, is it possible the patient could have an occult neoplasm like hepatoma? So then you need to look very carefully. You may often see areas of AV shunting in patients with um, paren- with parenchymal liver disease. Um, at times, it could simulate other processes, like even malignancy. How do you know you're not dealing with a small hepatoma? But usually when you look at images, particularly the MIP images, it makes it fairly easy to uh, tell the difference there. You ca- You can think about also... One of the things we um, look at when we do cardiac CT for calcium scoring, you're looking at the coronaries for calcium score, but you look at the lungs also. But you should also look at the liver. There's a high relationship between fatty infiltration of the liver and coronary artery disease. Several articles have made the point that uh, the presence of fatty infiltration of the liver is a strong predictor of subclinical coronary artery disease. You can see hopefully you're able to see some of the images i'm showing here which just give you a feel of the pattern of fatty infiltration of the liver (coughs) now i will also say one of the challenges of fatty infiltration of the liver or parenchymal liver disease in general is the ability to detect underlying malignancy now i mentioned that um, in patients with uh, cirrhosis, picking up small hepatomas can be a challenge. Sometimes MR is helpful, but it's also at times a challenge in patients with uh, cancer in general where you're looking for liver metastasis. You want to pick up subtle liver mets in patients who have significant parenchymal liver disease or fatty infiltration. It can be a bit trickier. At times you can get confused. You may have areas of focal sparing of the liver, or you may have focal fat both of which individually can be confused with metastasis. so you need to be very careful in that regard. When we talk about um, you know um, liver disease and liver infiltration, we also want to make certain that we look very carefully at the vessels or the vessels stretched. usually with fatty infiltration, you'll see the vessels very nicely. When you start seeing vessel distortion, then you really need to worry, could you be dealing with an underlying malignancy so for example things like a lymphoma can infiltrate the liver i don't think it's typically a problem lymphoma most of the time enlarges the liver but occasionally it can be infiltrative and it can be kind of tricky in that regard particularly if you're not thinking about it now one of the things also you have to remember when you're doing dual phase imaging you have a very good look at the vessels and so in patients with parenchymal liver disease particularly as you get towards cirrhosis Patients will often have large varices. You might see varices in the esophagus. You may see renal shunting, varices by the hilum of the liver. You may see. You look at the portal vein very carefully, SMV, but again, collaterals are indeed very, very common. I also will say that in patients with infiltration of the liver, and hopefully you can see some of the cases I'm showing you on the screen, um, one of the challenges, of course, is that at times it can be different, difficult to separate infiltration by tumor by infiltration by cirrhosis. And again, MR can prove to be very helpful in that regard. It is important to look at the vessels very carefully. As I mentioned, uh, you'll see lots of collaterals uh, in patients with portal hypertension. These patients can present with all sorts of problems like GI bleeding, you can see even thrombosed portal vein or partially occluded portal vein. Uh, that's important to look at. You can uh, have all sorts of issues with GI bleeding, particularly with portal hypertension. You can get collateral flow into the mesenteric vessels, and this can prove to be a source of bleeding. One thing also to comment on in patients who have um, varices from cirrhosis, and anyone who has uh, parenchymal liver disease and uh, this is just a general comment, when you do arterial phase imaging, particularly with good injection and early arterial phase, uh, venous structures will often not opacify. So you can make terrible mistakes. You can confuse varices, particularly around the lower esophagus or in the retroperitoneum or in the peri region, you can confuse those varices with adenopathy. So I always like to make the point that if I'm looking at the liver and I see cirrhosis and I see soft tissue masses, I always in my mind want to make certain they're not varices. And you can see from some of the images here, you simply need to get later phase images to make certain they're not varices. You don't want to be biopsying or pursuing a process which really is of no clinical consequence if you do it in that regard. So. Um, I think that becomes very, very important as well. So again, there's lots of pitfalls. I think in patients with parenchymal liver disease, the imaging process, the interpretation of your scans is a little bit more challenging because you need to look at the liver, but you need to look at the consequences of the parenchymal liver disease. So that indeed becomes very important and it's something to really be aware of. Now, I'm not showing you any 3Ds here to any degree. But it's important to recognize that 3D imaging can be very valuable in looking at parenchymal liver disease and looking at the vascular pathways, uh, both patent, occluded, and collaterals. And cinematic rendering is particularly helpful in that regard. MIP is also very helpful. Remember, we like MIP in the liver or MIP when there's varices present to really show you the extent. But for really getting good detail and orientation and also vessel patency or occlusion, I think cinematic rendering becomes more valuable. Now, when you have cirrhotic liver, there are a number of challenges. I mentioned one before, the possibility of uh, overcalling or undercalling hepatoma. One of the things with um, cirrhotic liver is you can see regenerating nodules. You can see regenerating nodules um, in a number of things. Bud chiari might be one of the most common. But the issue with regenerating nodules is they're multiple When they're multiple, then you say, do I have multifocal hepatoma or regenerating nodules? Then it's usually easy to make the right diagnosis. Regenerate nodules are shown on both arterial and venous phase. And interestingly, they seem to be larger on venous phase. They're typically small lesions, and they're typically multiple. Uh, A good example is a case in the middle of the screen, which is Bud Chiari. So it's something always to consider. Um, one of the things with regenerating nodules, if you're uncertain, then MRI can be very helpful. We'll also mention one last thing, which is passive congestion in the liver. In patients with right heart, right-sided heart failure, you'll often see with a good injection that contrast gets pushed into the IVC and hepatic veins, and that's a very good look, something very important to look at. Now, I'm not going to mention bug chiari syndrome. Budd-Chiari syndrome becomes very important. Uh, because Bud Chiari really uh, is one of the interesting challenges with regenerating nodules. But I think we're going to save that for a later day. So hopefully what I've shown you here and we've discussed is the importance of parenchymal liver disease. Again, I don't want to give the lecture over on Facebook when I have some really good lectures on CTSS. Uh, it's important for people to remember that one of the things about Facebook is it's our uh, social media side of our educational process. and so daily we're putting up cases we're putting up pearls we're putting up interesting facts but our goal is to have you look at that in more detail on the website so we don't want to duplicate things but if you think about everything we do it's a way of reaching out to you and being able to share information with you so with that i'll thank everybody for their attention and hope everybody has a